Welcome everybody back to Bit About Crypto, the podcast. I'm David James, your host, and you can also know me as the Job Whisperer. And once again, I'm back here with my co-host Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter. How are you? Doing very well. Yeah, doing very well. Having a good week. Indeed, indeed, yeah. better than I deserve. Yeah, I'm overpaid for sure. I'm overpaid when I I take an inventory of. Uh, yeah, the the quality of my problems. I'm, I'm pretty pretty fortunate. So hey, everybody, welcome to uh, another week of a uh, bit about crypto. So it must be two o'clock uh, Pacific or five o'clock uh, Eastern on a Sunday yep. if you're tuning in right now. Happy hour <laughs> on a Sunday. Yeah, it's football season. They're getting ready for the late Even game. Even more reason yeah. for happy hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the Bit About Crypto podcast it was the genesis of David and myself, and we're both recruiters. <clears throat> and our company is Blockchain Recruiters. And what we do is we aggregate professionals in the blockchain, crypto, NFT space. All over the world, we aggregate them and we put them on our database. So when you, if you have an NFT or a blockchain project, if you need people, Think Toys R Us just with crypto people. All right? This is the, we we've got it all. And if you're somebody that's got a passion for crypto and doesn't know how to actually get involved, or knows they have some talents that are that can be repurposed, or just has a general enthusiasm and wants to be in the crypto space, <clears throat> you can contact me uh, at the BTC Recruiter on Twitter. And if you want to send an email, old school, you can contact my partner. <laughs> you can contact him, Dave at blockchainrecruiters.net. Remember, it's .net, blockchainrecruiters.net. If you don't put the net, you won't be caught in our net. So anyhow, <clears throat> yeah, the podcast is a human interest story <clears throat> that talks about individuals from all different walks of life, uh, all of them interesting, and then how uh, crypto found them. And this is a good way to learn about crypto, learn about blockchain, learn about entities, learn about the space without... Uh, being embarrassed about not not knowing. And you, it's funny because a lot of people they they've got a wrong perception of, of crypto, and when they are actually trying to figure it out, David, it, it seems like uh, no one wants to look foolish for not knowing. And and blockchain's a hard thing to like learn about quickly. Yeah, I mean, I I just go back to the old adage of Rome wasn't built in a day, so just manage your expectations. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you, you can only learn so much at a time. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay. I just, I, yeah. I think you didn't I, help. You didn't help. I mean, then again, I no. mean, people aren't I, so you, you, aren't you, you, you so didn't, you like didn't help. Yeah. You know, the funny thing about it is, so I, I try to help there, but are you done? Are you done? I want to be done. Good. With you. <laughs> so, um, what happened was, is I learned about Bitcoin in 2013, as everybody knows, and that was the only thing that anyone was talking about in 2013, 2015, and 2017, there's this dollar thing called Ethereum, dollar. Ethereum was a dollar in 2017. And, um, <clears throat> and then actually, you know, then last couple of years, people were talking about smart contracts. And when I was thinking smart contracts, you know, if this, then that. Right, that's smart contracts, like a vending machine. If someone puts in coins, then the vending machine will give the candy. If this, then that. And I was thinking that I well, it's really good for betting. It's really good for insurance company. If he dies, then this pays. Right? If they pay, then this deed of sale of title of land to the house goes there. But then all of a sudden, and everyone was talking about these this NFT thing. And NFTs, in the last eighteen months, people have been talking about NFTs in such a way. <clears throat> And I'm fascinated on the way this is changing consciousness, right? And so many, and basically NFTs are a way to purpose of an, an intention. You know, every, really, really, if I say NFT, what do you say? You say art, right? Everybody's coming up with art. 
Yeah. Mostly, right? Yeah. I mean... Tickets, trading cards. Yeah, a lot of things. A lot of things that we're learning. Right. <clears throat> well, our next guest actually has found some type of empowerment, uh, like a pandemic-oriented game. And you, honestly... Uh, I was I was told by Zach, our our speaker seeker, right, who actually said, "Look, you have to have this guy on the uh, podcast." And when he says it, I just I just want to go on faith. And I intentionally didn't do a lot of research on this guy because mm -hmm. I just know he's going to be great. So, with no further ado, Haas Terry, welcome to Bit About hey. Crypto. Yeah. Hey, thanks for having me. Yeah. How you guys doing today? We're doing really well. So, uh, and and you are currently beta testing your project where? Um, in Cabo San Lucas, Mexico. Poor guy. How how do yeah, you how yeah. do you do it? Pobrecito. 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 Oh uh, yeah. How are how how are you how are you just dealing with the perfect weather and the sunsets every day? I mean, are you okay? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard living out here. Uh, <laughs> for this for this uh task, I would say doing what you love. Uh, that's what we're all about. So I mean this is the perfect climate, place, location to to, to implement doing what you love for a living. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny that you say that. Um you know, the, the, uh, by the time this show runs, that will. That's, but this. Uh, but what happens? We had a, a guest on this show, right? His name is uh, Andrew Birnbaum, and he's the uh, the chief operating officer for something called Pedro's List. Think Angie's List, right? Mm. But but down in down in Mexico, and where they're beta testing that is in uh, Cabo. Right. Oh, they, wow. Yeah. So basically, because the you know you you don't just get to Google somebody in Cabo and it's like oh there's 20 guys you know with their name on the truck to come and work at the house. So they're trying to like yeah. re repurpose a native coin for that exact thing. So when you just said to me, hey, it's kind of difficult. Are 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 you and your family really experiencing some difficulty like culturally, like mm -hmm. getting around? Or were you no, you were, you, you, you were kidding? He was being facetious. Yeah, I was just joking. The irony was lost on you, wasn't it? Yeah, I, you I, know, I, so. I, well, I'm just, just I, 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 we've been friends four minutes. Give me a break. I, I caught that one he was putting down. I mean, <laughs> well, you're a better you're, judge you're of people a, than little me. Slow on the uptick. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Anyhow, so uh, how long have you been down there? Uh, it's been six months now. Wow, that's kind of a blessing. Yeah, it's kind of a blessing. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And yeah, the reception, the reception down here was just overwhelming as far as um, uh, trying out uh, something new, um, you know, essentially pitching it as removing the middleman and um, doing your day to day products and services just resonated with people without even understanding what crypto was. I mean, from Uber drivers to delivery drivers, you know, just different facets and walks of life, they all understand that. Um, operating with no middleman, you know what I mean? And, and paying, being taxed for their business and services, they're tired of it. Yeah, well, well, that's a good foreshadow. I'm excited about what you're talking about. But mm -hmm. first, let's talk about you, right? So yeah. let's talk about years like when you were born to like high school. Where, where'd you grow up? And, and tell me about your family. Yeah, so I uh, grew up in Jersey, South Jersey, born in North Jersey, um, moved to South Jersey for a better living. Um, you know, my mom wanted to get me out of the city and get me in a, a more plush uh, a living environment, per se. Be better role, um, so better role models. What did you yeah, better, better role models than than a that? better environment? Right. Yeah. <laughs> are, you an, are you an Eagles fan or a Jets fan? Yeah. Yeah. Pick. Eagles. Yeah. yeah. See. 
Eagles. My two brothers are just, I mean, Giants fans. I'm an Eagles fan. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, this this year and last year, you get to like puff your chest out of both of them for sure. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. So, but it's anyway. been a ride. <laughs> so, um, how, um, okay, so you were, you were born in, in New Jersey and, and going like to grade school in high school, what did you do? Was it academics? Was it sports? What, what, uh, what, sports. Okay, talk about it. Uh, basketball player, football player, quarterback. Uh, I did track. Um, so I did pretty much everything. I was pretty active, you know, in the school. Were you the starting? Program. Were you the starting quarterback of your high school? Yeah, I was starting. Football wasn't really my forte. It was basketball. I was the point was guard. The star in basketball. Football was just something I, I did because all my friends were in football, and it was just a challenge. So to was, try something new. So you were trying something new, and you found it necessary to become the starting quarterback. Yeah, I yeah. had an arm, so that was my that was my uh, yeah gift. Yeah, so I threw javelin. Um, this and guy I was a quarterback. I bet I bet you you like you'd start golfing six weeks and you'd already beat me. I mean, you just <laughs> you're just that guy. I uh, bet. Yeah. I bet. Uh, like J.R. Smith, you know you know who J.R. Smith is? Yeah, uh, NBA player. Yeah, he turned. Uh, yeah, he went to he's going to school NC State or yeah. NC State A and M, right? And uh, he's on yeah. the golf team. Yeah, on the golf team. It's like, well, so how hard can it be, right? You just hit it that way, right? <laughs> yeah. So, Another challenge. Yeah. Do you go? Do you do you golf? Um, not. I'm, I'm picking it up. I'm yeah. Picking it up slowly. Are you, are you playing um, down there? Especially out here. Yeah. Especially yeah. out here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The so, golf uh, golf capital seems like. <laughs> yeah, Cabo del Sol, right? That's uh, yeah. That's my favorite course. It's like a country club every every ten yeah, miles. It's so ridiculous. Okay, so yeah. I, it's interesting. So, so you you're 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 this you know very gifted athlete as far as an eighteen year old, right? And then when you're eighteen, yeah. you know, getting out of high school, right? Or the I just like to say the compulsory education, right? You got to go, right? Yeah. T- t- where where's your head? Where's your life? And what do you think you're going to be doing? Um. Yeah. So that's a great question. I. It's a funny story. I, I got approved and ended up going to Grambling State University. Grambling? Um, Basketball? Yeah. And I, uh, no sports. I just, I just get, wanted I, to feel it out. But um, I went down there without even um, feeling it out, like uh, going to feel how Louisiana is and, and get a, a taste of it coming from the East Coast. Uh, I just jumped on a plane and mm. just, you know, took the challenge. Uh, it's different. <laughs> yeah. Different. It was, Slower. It was a culture yeah. shock. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, and yeah. so okay, so you're 18. Do we do we enroll? Do we go to Grambling? Does that happen? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went I went for a year and um, felt it out and, and was like this college this this college uh, I would say program wasn't for me. I, I saw through the you know the the classes the being forced to take classes that didn't pertain to your your degree, you know, the whole fluff of yeah. um, scholarships. And, you know, it was just like, this is some bullshit. You know, that's, that's how I felt after one year. Um, <laughs> I was like, I, there's, there's got to be a better way. This this can't be, you know, the path or, or, or life per se, and you the- know, to, to be forced to enter a program and, and take classes that you don't even, you, you're narrowed down to the options that they give you what you're going to learn. It just, it just didn't resonate with me. So, so what'd you do? You know, so you're 19 freshman year yeah. done. Now what? <laughs> I shifted and uh, I went to degree. Uh, I, I took a class in uh, DeVry because I saw at the time, this was roughly 2000 year 2000 um, that computers were the future. Um, there we, go. we didn't really get into future uh, 
we didn't get into computers, I'm sorry, uh, my freshman year in Grambling, but I just had that like insight that if we're going to uh, look at education in five years or a job market in five years, where will it be in five years? And I just knew that it was computers because I saw how they were being uh, evolving um, with telecommunications specifically. So I took a, a degree class at DeVry for telecommunications. And that's where I, lo- I learned computers and, and got more into the program without the fluff and the classes that you didn't need to take. Uh, so I just saw that if you can expedite, you know, taking these classes out and, and get an associate's in two years and, you know, kind of learn more um, that pertains to your degree, that's the solution. Well, you know, I, I think uh, really learning the way the way it, it's tracking for me is you went to school for an education as opposed to yeah. just a degree, and and that's a funny thing because from my generation, right? Because you know mm. I'm older than you. I, I mean, 57 years old, right? You go to school, you get a degree that's gonna like get you a job somewhere. And being recruiters, I can't tell you how many people I've talked to that 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 got a degree because their parents forced them, right? Because all their brothers and yeah. sisters were doing it. Their dad's got a degree, and they hate the job and they hate their life, right? So I'm speaking to my- It's a resentment. Yeah, well, yeah. you know, one of the things that I preach, when, you know, I'll talk to anybody, just kind of like you, you you give your your zero, zero money cost consulting on how to start your own NFT, right? And, you know, because you've got something that you love and you want to share, right? What, I, what I'm naturally gifted as is helping people get jobs, right? And what I say to any, I go into any environment and I'll, I'll coach you. And here's what I want to do. I want to help you stay in love with yourself and stay in love with your job. And what's going to happen is if you're not making your choices correctly, right, you're going to fall out of love in one of those things. And ultimately, That's you're going to fall out of love with yourself, right? And so what happens, you saw it clearly. It's like, man, I'm in debt. Like today, today, like I'm just talking like the last eight, nine years, right? And so, you know, the good news, what Obama did is he made, he really made that you could get a, a loan and grants for like anybody to go to school, right? But what, what, you know, and you never know what lies ahead. The, what wasn't thought about is you've got these kids that are 100,000 in, in debt and they qualify for the exact same job at the Starbucks, right? That the person who didn't go to college does. I mean, there, there they are. The only difference is, is the guy that, or gal that didn't go to college is five years ahead, they're the supervisor, right? They're making the schedule, and they don't have $100,000 in debt. So, I mean, yeah. that, that's a real thing. you got these people with these degrees, and they can't get, they can't get paid, right? Yeah. But what you did, go on, go on. Uh, I, I did the opposite. I, I tried to, you know, kind of jump ahead and see where um, the future was, was, was going towards um, just as far as computers and integrating into our everyday lives. I kind of saw that before I really knew about computers. Um, and the ride was just like, hey, we're going to teach you about computers. You know, we're not going to teach you how to play tennis and you know, all these <laughs> classes that you don't need yeah. to take. <laughs> it's like, uh... So I, I like that, you know. So um, from there, once I graduated, um, I got into the market and, and <laughs> saw the bullshit face to face. As far as what you just described is that, you know, you're told something throughout school about how your career, how this is going to give you leverage and this is an investment to your future just to find out that you're starting from the bottom with a degree. It's all about who you know, you know what I mean? And 
you know, you're told that you're going to make the salary when you get out of college. And that's not the case. And nobody's held accountable for these lies that they're, they're selling you, essentially, you know, just yeah. in, in comparison to a business. I mean, if you can imagine um, a business selling you on a, a $200,000 loan or, you know, any, any type of uh, large investment of that stature that you're told that it's going to be one way and then then you sign these paperwork and then you get it into the investment that you made and you're like nah this is not what I've been sold this is some bullshit like I I just you know it's it's all a game you know And, and it's not it's not a game where any regulations can can hold anybody accountable to selling people to to this day to jobs and they're not going to be around in five years. There's kids right now are freshmen in college that are taking classes for, for careers that are going to be phased out with AI robots. Well, hold on but, a second. Yeah. No, 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 let's talk about that because obviously you've got your eye on this. And this is yeah. the, and, and this this is this is an important thing. So talk about some because the whole the thing about this podcast is to talk about how crypto and blockchain is changing the job market. And so when you're yeah. when you're speaking on something like this, I just I gotta stop you and I I, I please preach and let's hear your voice mm-hmm. on this topic on on exactly that, please. Oh yeah. I mean to this day it's just you know, just taking it back a little bit, um, the motto of our company's purpose over profit. And, you know, segueing into the topic that we're talking about, you know, when we saw that during the pandemic, people couldn't suspend that whole mind state of, okay, let's put profit aside for a moment and get back to helping people in need. That's when I saw everything for really what it was, is that everybody's so consuming profit, they, they, they don't, they're not concerned with truth. You know what I mean? So that segues into the schooling system. Is We know Obama talked about it. Bill Gates talked about it, that 60% of the workforce is going to be replaced by AI robots. So at what point do we, as a school system or college, say to these kids, this is the future. This is what you need to be investing in. If we're truly concerned about their future, then they need to know the honesty about where this job market is going and what, what would be left you know, coding jobs will be around because these AI robots have to be coded, but you don't need a degree to get a coding job anymore. Right. So at what point do we keep it 100 with everybody and say, hey, this is the future and this is how we can um, work together and ensure that we're going to have jobs in the future, mm-hmm. you know, but that requires putting profit aside. Are you, and, yeah. I'm sorry. Oh, I was just saying that that requires us to put profit aside. And, and and get back to purpose. Yeah, I, I'm, my enthusiasm got the best of me to interrupt you, but are there any specific jobs that you see people, or, uh, young freshmen, men and women are getting, you know, uh, educated in and they're going to get out there and the job's going to be AI'd away? I, any specifics? Uh, that's that's a good question. It's, there's, a lot to, <laughs> there's a lot of jobs that are going to be replaced. Um, and we're seeing it happen already in fast food restaurants we've seen it happen in you know certain certain industries but it's not still being um implemented in a way where we have concern for um people losing their jobs you know the amount of jobs that we saw lost during the pandemic should have been a red flag as to say hey we need to start getting in front of this problem um so we can ensure that people are working and and, and are able to you know hold down their families uh with, with some form of income 
And I just think just overall, the crypto community hasn't stepped up to say, hey, we have a solution. We can teach you uh, a way to monetize your, uh, you know, everyday you live in scenario with NFTs or crypto teaching you how to onboard a blockchain to sustain your your lifestyle um, during this pandemic. I, I just think I, I was disappointed that nobody stepped up and really pushed this forward, this solution forward. So I'm going to say something to you. So in 2018, uh, it was, I think it was October. It was like, yeah, about three years ago. <clears throat> David and I, we went to a trade show in uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, right? And, you know, you, you went down to Louisiana, right? And if you know about New Orleans, yeah. the, the hotels are kind of, they're old and not that modern, right? And so I think I was on the fifth floor, fourth floor. It wasn't, wasn't that high as far as hotels go. And I called down and I said, I, I, I didn't bring my shaving kit. Can you send me up a razor and some cream? They said, no problem. And I don't, I don't think about it. And I get a text on my phone and I said, yeah, the, 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 the servant, the butler, the something is at your door. It was, I didn't worry, and I didn't think much of it. I opened my door and there's a robot. There's a robot literally there, right? That on, on the top, it's got the razor and some candy. And it, it's like R2-D2, like it goes down the hall away. And I said to myself, uh-oh. You know, because that's somebody's job, right? I mean, that's, yes. that, that, I, and it was, it's like, and I, I, I literally called, because that's my first time it happened. I called, I said, does, does it push the button itself? She goes, yep. And it gets out and knows what room to go? Yep. And then it can't knock, but it texts. So, yeah, that's what we're going to, you know, um, I'm, I'm enjoying talking to you so much. I'm just going to come to this part of the show. I'm going to say yeah. this to you. Uh, how, how, how did crypto find you? Um, it found me and my wife uh, during the pandemic after um, examining these reports that were coming out um, during the pandemic. Um, like what, what report specifically? Um, one, one report was the Black Lives Matter movement. Okay. Uh, paying attention to how that was going, taking place, um, and how all this, all this money was being donated to this movement. But I wasn't seeing any recipients talking about how they're receiving the benefits of them being the, the sole um, core of the, the movement. You know, everybody who participated in the movement couldn't access the money that was donated to the movement. That, that baffled me. And I'm always, you know, the type of guy that's trying to figure things out. And, you know, discussing this with my wife and trying to get to you know, some type of research. We couldn't find anything that that equated to, okay, this money's going here. This money's being donated to this. Um, and in, in the same year that $5 billion was donated to Black Lives Matter, um, me and my wife were reading articles about 70% of Black-owned businesses have closed since the start of the pandemic due to a lack of capital. And it's like... Something's not adding up that $5 billion was donated to a movement um, and this money is not being used to provide pandemic relief for African-Americans at the time um, were being denied the first round of PPP loans. Um, so, you know, there was just a lot of like uh, question that that it was so much question. Um, and, and another article that uh, 
that really kind of brought it home was the crypto community and the amount of money that was generated during the pandemic. Uh, crypto was surging. So seeing all these things kind of happen in real time, uh, article-wise, um, I'm trying to figure out, one, why is crypto being used to provide these small businesses capital to sustain the pandemic? Um, and then, you know, with the African-Americans being hit hardest with the pandemic yeah. um, and then the Black Lives Matter. So I put, uh, you know, me and my wife put our both of our six-figure businesses aside to create a blockchain pandemic um, solution uh, with our blockchain nonprofit um, because we felt like enough wasn't being done, you know. So um, that's when I jumped down the crypto rabbit hole that brought my wife with me uh, without her knowing uh, <laughs> that, that it would be this long uh, to create a, 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 a solution <laughs> that uh, would take this long. I, I, we, we, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. sorry. I, I know. I, I just want to frame a narrative here, right? Yeah. So what I heard you say is is that you know you, you care you care about the black community and you, you saw that there the basically there was money being donated through all these movements that that had had arisen, right? But it wasn't getting to the recipient and and so let me no. just let, let me just show you something that I saw, right? So during 9/11, right? When 9/11 happened, I mean, uh, in my entire lifetime, I no, I hadn't been so moved like to do something. The, the United Way got like, I don't know, $100 billion. That's probably not that much. But it was, it was in the billions of dollars, like in a very, very short period. Billions, billions of dollars. Bob Dole, senator from Kansas, ran, ran against uh, Bill Clinton in 1996 as the Republican candidate. His wife, Elizabeth Dole, was the president and CEO of the United Way. The United Way. All right. And the United Way received all these untold billions of dollars and, and like overnight billions people are donating and only nine percent of the billions got to the recipients. The other ninety one percent was used for administrative costs. It's like and so what that told me is right there. Now, no matter how good the intentions are, power corrupts. Absolutely. Right. And even with an organic movement like yours, as good as the cause is, as righteous as the cause is, you know, the thing about greed and, and, and all these. Kind of, I, I think that's what you're saying is, is that there was money coming in, but the, the, the funnel wasn't working to the people that really needed it. it, it, it right. Are my two analogies the same? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, that, that's very accurate. Uh, oh, OK. So. All right. So let's hear about the doings. I mean, so I mean, talk about burning your boat. Right. I mean, we're, uh, yeah. hey, uh, honey, I got a job. I got a job for you, too. <laughs> I mean, let, right. let's, uh, talk about that. Yeah. So it, it's been an interesting um, year, I'd say now, um, you know, initially thinking that uh, and just give you a brief uh, background. So, you know, I prior to that had 20 years of success of growing businesses with digital marketing campaigns and, you know, uh, worked with all the Fortune 100 companies, had multiple small businesses of my own. Uh, I've grown a bunch of small businesses, uh, large businesses with uh, digital marketing. So um, I've always been kind of keen to this issue with how um, <clears throat> the Web 2.0 space was pushing out small businesses. So, you know, I had a uh, some insight and I've been watching how uh, small businesses particularly with PPC, uh, pay-per-click, have been pushed out of the game of Web 2.0 when it comes to 
uh, Google Real Estate. You know, let's call it Google Real Estate. Um, you know, the larger companies have been buying out all of the property and monopolizing um, business with um, pay-per-click. Um, so, you know, prior to going down the crypto rabbit hole to find a solution, I, I, I had my eye on this issue and I've tried to work with small businesses in the past when it comes to a marketing agency I had. Um, so I, I've always been trying to figure out why no value was ever saw into uh, with investing back into your business from a digital marketing standpoint. Um, you know, nobody that I couldn't find a formula that worked universally for all small businesses. As to say, if I pitched to them the value in PPC like this, they will bite. You know what I mean? I couldn't, and, and this, I've been trying to figure this out for 10 years. What's going to work? You know, I've removed my cost from the beginning, pushed out 30 days, try to split uh, PPC campaigns with small businesses. Uh, I've tried multiple scenarios as to see, is it the money that they don't see? Is it the money that's preventing them from seeing value and running an ad campaign? Or, you know, like I just tried every formula. So when I saw uh, what was happening with small businesses during the pandemic and the Sears closing down, the JCPenney's, you know, the, the bankruptcies being filed, I, it, it was like a light bulb as to say, you know, nobody's telling the public that it had nothing to do with the pandemic. The pandemic sat us all down, which forced your e-commerce or digital platform to run your business for you. No longer could you rely on people coming into your brick and mortar store. It was about how successful is your website? How, how prominent is your digital marketing to kind of uh, continue to work for you while you're sitting at home? So that was the real reason why the majority of these uh, small businesses closed down because they never were prepared um, from a digital marketing or from a website presence, SEO, you know, um, you know, all the elements that, that's needed for your business to come up when people search for your services or products. Um, a lot of things weren't in place. So when the pandemic happened, it was just like the, you know, a Titanic, you know, uh, analogy of we saw businesses go under from large to small because they didn't have a web presence. So, you know, it was kind of important for me to bring that to light before I went into the solution because, <clears throat> When I initially went down the crypto rabbit hole, I just, you know, I joked around with my wife and I was like, you know, give me two months. I'm going to find a solution with this blockchain, um, you know, kind of diverting all my energy into creating a solution. Um, so I just thought, OK, cool. I'm going to create an ERC-20 token. I'm going to um, I had a whole white paper about staking donations. You, you, wait, you, you, you wrote a white just, paper? You wrote a white paper? Yeah. OK. Yeah. So I, I um, and, and the backstory to it, I taught myself blockchain code to create the solution. <laughs> of, course for, yeah. of course you because did. Of course you did. As Mark Train would say, I never let my school and get away my education. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Because I couldn't wait for a donation um, and I couldn't wait for uh, an investor to come and, you know, um, to kind of believe in what my vision was and what the solution was. Um, to invest in it or to donate to it. And um, so I was joking with my wife and I was like, two months and we're going to have a solution. Uh, created the token. 
um, white paper about staking donations and paying um, a U, creating a UBI uh, as far as the interest on the state donations and uh, reached out to the Black Lives Matter movement four times, reached out to every single nonprofit that so-called received the donation during the Black Lives Matter movement as far as from my nonprofit to tell them that we have a solution to get this currency or these donations to the recipients of your movement. No replies to this date, no replies. Wow. Um, and that's when I started to see, okay, this is going to be, uh, 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 this is getting deeper. Um, and then I went further down the crypto rabbit hole um, and picked the brains of the brightest minds. One of our advisors is uh, Michael Baldwin, um, you know, the founders of the peer-to-peer technology. Um, you know, I reached out to people like him, got him on a call and really told him what my solution was or what I was trying to obtain um, and what's the best route to go about it. Um, you know, so he's the, the OG when it comes to crypto and, you know, and knowing, seeing through the bullshit. So partnerships with, with advisors like that helped me navigate towards finding the solution. Did you um, uh, did you ever speak to or attempt to get a hold of Lamar Wilson from the Black no, Billionaires? Yeah, he's, uh, do you know who he is? No. No, yeah, familiar. the Black Billionaire Boys, the Black, Black Bitcoin Billionaires Club. All right. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. You have heard of that? I'll restart. I'll restart to them. Yeah, well, don't feel respond. don't feel bad. I asked him to be on my podcast, and he's I he's like he's got no time for a pleb like me. So <laughs> you, you know, I I just it, we just we just got can't take it personally. I think sometimes if you got a response, you maybe would have uh, maybe gone not, not, not gone down the way you did, right? You know, necessity is yeah. the mother of all invention. So you right. know, I can't believe how the time has just flown, and I just I haven't even got to the part of the show where you talk. So so you got this solution. So so encapsulate for us yeah. what 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 it was that happened where you said to your wife said hey uh goodbye to that job goodbye to my job we're going to mexico i mean let's i'm dying to hear how this happened oh yeah so um that took place when um i had to pivot from the initial coin and at the, at the time this was roughly seven months ago um you know tokens weren't as commercially uh you know, mass appeal before the Dogecoin and, you know, the, the meme coins came out and really kind of onboarded a lot of people into the community. Um, so that forced me to pivot into creating an NFT uh, marketplace uh, because I saw that that was being uh, an easier onboarding process for people unfamiliar with crypto. Um, so, you know, jumping around from blockchain to blockchain, doing the gas wars, um, went from Ethereum to Polkadot to Solana, which is our current project is on um, because of the NFT capabilities. Wait, so your project's on Solana? Yeah, it's on Solana. Are you concerned what happened a few, you know, in this case, months ago about how... No. The, well, let, me, let me just tell you because I want you to school mm -hmm. where the actual network was shut down because it was overcapacitated, right? Yeah. Can, can you speak on that? Can you speak on what happened and why you're not concerned? Um, because it's it's just the the growing um, the the growth pains that are associated with when a blockchain grows as fast as Solana has, um, and that's just purely because people like myself have been navigating through various blockchains 
um, looking for the perfected one. And, you know, the growing pains of like with Bitcoin had that Ethereum solved, you know, and, you know, we can just go on and on and on right. um, as far as uh, you see what the problems that they have, you implement that code and you add on to it with a modified version of fixing their solutions and, you know, others. Um, that's what Solana did. They they took elements, um, even with my time with working with Polkadot, uh, I was, we were going to launch the first NFT marketplace on Polkadot. Uh, we were, you know, it was kind of, uh, we haven't generated any PR about it because it was levels of uh, issues that needed to be addressed uh, prior to that. And then we just, after four months, I had to on, uh, onboard the Solana and jump ship from Polkadot and uh, Kasama because the, the NFT issues weren't being fixed fast enough. And Solana came, you know, from January to now and just really took over the game in, in such a short period of time. So you, so your your NFT platform is on Solana, correct? Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And you chose Solana as opposed mm -hmm. to Cardano, as opposed to yes. Ethereum, right? So yeah, because okay. of the NFT capabilities uh, that they have, specifically when it comes to uh, tiered auctions, uh, royalty payments, you know, they really have uh, the smart co smart contract uh, capabilities that a lot of NFT blockchain or blockchains in general don't have. Um, and they're, you know, they're green, you know, so it's just a win, win, win. <laughs> yeah, well, so everybody was touting Solana, touting Solana, touting Solana. I, I don't listen to, hey, Dogecoin touting that, right? So go ahead yeah. and tout it, right? But there's no use case there. So I listen for the use The use case, right, will beget the value, right? Not the other yes. way around. Right, because look, we're not going to be talking about Solana and Doge in X number of years or whatever. Famous last words, maybe. Right, it'll pass Bitcoin, <laughs> but whatever. But what I'm saying is, it's just it's it's a it's a Kellogg's Pop Tart, right? It's it's going to sit there until someone eats it. That's 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 what those coins are. But when when I heard that the co that the entire blockchain went down for like 20 hours, right? That that bothered me a great deal, but you're not bothered yeah. at all. So, no. so to, for our audience, just for our audience, because so you know, our guest has spoken about you know a, a, a lot of things. You know, Haas, Haas, Terry, you you really have been so just poignant on the things that you're talking about. <clears throat> he's talking about Polkadot. He's talking about Solana. He's talking about e, e, uh, e, uh, ECR twenties. ERC20 uh, tokens, right? Which is on uh, yeah. a reverse of the uh, the Ethereum platform. <clears throat> and I know to our listeners, this is kind of technical, but this is how you actually get yourself learned in blockchain and NFTs. You just learn, see what people are, are saying, and then you start asking more questions. So the purpose of this podcast is so you, the listener, can have a better inquiry within yourself about what's going on. But back to you specifically, uh, Haas, I want you to say why you're not afraid that the Solana blockchain will actually collapse or crash again, or I, I don't want to, I don't want to add exaggeration to it, but it shut oh, down, yeah. and that concerned me a great deal. Because um, you know, I teach I teach blockchain, or I explain blockchain from a high state of consciousness. Okay, um, you know, I, I heard one of your uh, shows about this topic, and you know, it's it's almost being explained to techie on purpose to right. people from yes. interested, being interested yes. in it. And I learned this from, from working with coding companies with my digital marketing agency. I was the guy 
who took the code language and just tell me what you're trying to say and I'm going to make it sound cool, you know, in, in an ad form or in a, <laughs> a website layout. I was that guy. I never needed to learn code. And then I, I knew it was a whole different language because I heard the way people in the office talked about it. And I was like, I don't know what the hell they're saying. I never heard anything in, in, in relation to these words outside of this office. It was like being in a whole nother world. So I learned what the issue was with um, the blockchain industry is that the digital marketing is, is sucks. There's no way, no other way to explain it. They fail when it comes to uh, digital marketing. And, and I looked at these projects that are so-called successful and I looked at the digital marketing teams and analyzed just the whole game is that from an investor standpoint, you know, an investor is always concerned about how is this going to reach the masses? How is this going to reach this intended audience? And from an investor standpoint, blockchain has failed because if you yeah, know, that's right. 19% of the world is utilizing that's right. technology. That's right. Middleman, that's that, right. That that there's a problem. Yeah. And that's where we come in to explain it in a way that relates to everybody. So with our game specifically, our pandemic relief game, we took, we flipped e-commerce and explain NFTs as e-commerce, which is just digital assets, you know, and removing a middleman. You know, the things, the 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 issues that e-commerce has that nobody's fixing is fixed with e-commerce. It's as simple as that. Um, and it's just digital assets. You, you don't need the physical assets. You don't need to ship products. You don't need uh, a website to host. You don't need to pay Shopify $60 a month um, to put your content on their platform so they can steal your analytics and replace your products with their own. Yeah. <laughs> Which is all these e-commerce platforms are doing. You don't have to do that. Um, you can just barter NFTs amongst our love tribe and that's the game. That's how we all win. Um, for our everyday products and services, we just replaced everything with NFTs. Um, so, you know, in, in relation to an Uber driver, you can just, Find somebody within our tribe that will drive you and you can pay them, you know, with no middleman, you know. So we have to remove this uh, this layer of fear that the middleman has created for the way that we do business. Um, we can't be this advanced as, as a humanity and have this fear of working directly with each other. I want, you know I want, what I mean? I, I want to talk about this. I want to talk. So just, just yeah. so you know, do you know who Jimmy Song is? No. Okay, so Jimmy Jimmy Song was one of the authors. He wrote uh, the, the Little Bitcoin book. He and five other people wrote. Okay. Uh, I may, may, yeah, the Little Bitcoin book. So he's one of the. He, he's hard to miss. So like he's six feet tall. He's Korean. Mm. He lives in Odessa, Texas, and he wears a cowboy hat. And he's he's an engineer and he's a devout Christian. All right. He also wrote a book called. He and Robert Breedlove wrote a book called Thank God for Bitcoin. Right, talking about mm. how Bitcoin is God's money. Right. Versus the corruption of the fiat where it's just like, you know, we can just print more money to finance our wars and, and kill people. And I don't even have to go to you about disenfranchisement with with bad money. But what he talks about, he's got this. He had this talk at BitBlock Boom in 2020, and he's talking about rent seeking. And he was talking really what you're talking about is rent seeking, rent seeking with an exploitation. Right. But when you think about mm -hmm. like uh, you go to the bank. Right. And they say, I'd like to send a wire. I'd like to send my money. Right. I'd like to send a hundred dollars via wire from my account to Hazan Terry's account. I want to wire it. Right. And they said, OK, that'll be twenty five dollars. 
Well, what what you, you he's got an account, you've got an account. Why? Well, well that that's our wire fee, right? And then we so, got these. So, so pause on that right there. Let me interject. It's interesting that you said that. One of the most disturbing things that I learned is that the banking system owns the most patents for blockchain technology, meaning that they took open source code and they patented it to prevent it from the public knowing about it to prolong their existence as the middle. That's correct. Correct. That was disturbing. Well, well yeah. But, but the whole time they're using blockchain technology, just not telling us that. So that yeah. segues into what you're That's, saying. Uh, yeah, yeah. Called being no, hypocrites. Yeah, no, no, but, but when you're talking about middlemen, I mean, literally, everybody, everybody thought Uber, Uber was a great idea, right? Yeah. Except taxi cab drivers, right? right. Every, everybody thought that, that, that um, Amazon was just this awesome thing, except retail stores, right? I mean, I'm right. not going to get on either side of it, right? But what we're talking yeah. about is disruptive technology. You want to know who hates blockchain? You want to know who hates Bitcoin? Every financial advisor I've ever spoken to or that I will ever exactly. speak to, they hate it. It's, it's a scam. It's a fraud because it, it terrifies them because it, it, it disrupts the, the perpetual lie of what they've been telling people for the longest yeah, time. It's, it's all a lie. And it wasn't until I created a smart contract myself and I minted tokens and I created money from a place of a blockchain that I realized this whole system is utilizing blockchain technology like Cash App specifically, which, you know, became a $44 billion empire because they marketed to people of color. Um, and another disturbing fact that I noticed in the game um, going down a rabbit hole was nobody's promoting this, this solution to people of color. Um, and then when I realized it was because the middleman has been taxing people of color, they don't want people of color to know how to remove them from being a middleman. Um, so it just all came to me. It all made sense um, as to why uh, a lot of this technology is pre being promoted in a way of it, uh, reading a Wall Street Journal, which we know that's geared towards a college degree. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and so, you know, we're seeing the same formulas and the same game taking place in crypto that has taken place on Web 2.0. Because the solution to all that, which is on the frequency of fear, control, and greed. Right. I explained Web 2.0 was created from a place of fear, control, and greed. And that's what it did. It divided us as humanity. And blockchain was created from a place of love, of helping others. And the blockchain industry has been consuming greed that they lost focus of why this technology was created. Yeah. So, you know, I, I explained, you know, everything has to come from a place of love. And that's our blockchain nonprofit. It's called BLKLUV. Um, all of our projects um, have the word love in it because until we as humanity get back to a place of love, um, we won't be concerned with money because, you know, currency is a frequency of energy. You know, Tesla understands this better than anybody. That's why he's able to manipulate uh, a currency's value because he understands that this is all energy. This is all frequency of energy. And that's how I explain to the masses that this technology is just all consciousness. It's all a, a state of consciousness. Yeah. That there's no more ceiling to, you know, what you're worth or how much you can make from something. Well, you know, we have been told and that program has been downloaded to us per se in, in a way where we think that if we make this, if we work at this job, we only can make this, this amount of money. This puts a ceiling on our worth and our our consciousness of what we can create because we're being told 
you can't create more than that. You can't make more than that. So, you know, that's what blockchain is. It's just a higher state of consciousness with no ceiling. Yeah, but, know, but, 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 no it, limit. yeah, but I, I just, I just want to pile on here. We're going to tag team. So pound me out. Yeah. Right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in the ring now. Not only that, <laughs> but I agree with everything you're talking about, but not only that, but you're being paid in a currency. It's like, oh, you need more, more Kool-Aid. Well, let's just add water. Right. Next thing you know, it's got no color. It's got no taste. That's what's happening to this money that you're talking about. And this and that right. begets the fear. Right. And, yeah. and, and the fear that everybody's having right now in our current state with the price of meat and the price of gas, and the price of milk, and the right. price of everything. It's the it's the currency that's being diluted and you're paid the same amount, but you have to give more of it. And this is beginning fear. It's the collective consciousness. Right. Is that it, it, as holders. You know, it's not the crypto or the NFT that creates the value. It's the holders that energetically we're linked together. Right, but peer to peer technology. But but and I, like we all. I, what were you saying? No, I just got. I'm sorry. I'm so enthusiastic. I, I hate cutting you off, and I'm gonna definitely bring you back, okay? Because you, you, you know you're you're a knowledge dropper, okay? And you can tell your wife I said so, okay? <laughs> knowledge dropper. But in all seriousness, the thing that's so so. So reverse about this whole crypto thing, right? I'll pay you in crypto, right? But that crypto is going to increase and appreciate asymmetrically in value, right? So you're late with, with unity. Yeah, that's correct. And it won't go down. Yeah. The, well, no. the, whole, the whole idea is that you're not working more for less over time. That that's no, really that's really that's, that's really what it is. It's like it's like yeah. each time. I mean, you know. 20 years ago, I can make, you know, $100 was worth $100, right? Now $100 is worth $75 or whatever. But you put in the same amount of time, you're working, so you're working more time for less money. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah. it's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's what people have to understand. And that's why as a, as a nonprofit, we create, we took money back to where it created, where it was created from. It, it was started from a barter system. It was started from a place of love. That if you needed barley and I had an item that you needed, we can exchange from it. It started from a place of helping others. And that's what the pandemic did to the, you know, universally. We always sat down by the universe. To get that's right. To, to a, it was a restart for well, us. We kind of needed a timeout. We, we kind of needed yeah. a timeout. If you think about the way we've been behaving toward one another. Pretty, pretty unkind. Yeah. Pretty unkind. So that's why that's why crypto surge, and it's been explained all wrong. Crypto surge during the pandemic because we got a break from this this matrix, this system, and we got to get back to doing what we love. And that happened to be art was the the the, the lead, the, the kicking in the, the door when it comes to NFTs, because people at that moment got got a break and said, you know, I'm not passionate about what I'm doing for a living. This is not making me happy. You know, we all had to look within. You know, and get back to what are we passionate about? What makes us happy? Um, and you know, the the gift and the curse of everything is that we got to self evaluate each other. You know, from uh, removing you know, all these these programs that we're kind of going through the I would say Groundhog's Day of you know living a life where there's no break, there's no change. You know, there's no change in path. You know, so that change in path during the pandemic allowed a lot of people to pivot their career into something that they were more passionate about. You know what I mean? And well, we a, did it. We did it. We, yeah. re, we repurposed our entire recruiting firm. We went from construction, so we're done with it. We hate it. Yeah. Right? To, to empowering people in blockchain. Mr. Terry. <laughs> I, 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 we could go on so far, and I'm going to bring you back. And this time, you're going to bring with your wife. 
You're going to bring yeah, her yeah. on too, right? Definitely. But anyhow, I, I'm sorry. We're just coming to the part of the show where we got to sign off. So okay. I, I can't thank you enough for Oh, But first off, let's tell the people how they can get a hold of you. You know, you, you put up some social travels for them, right? And, yeah. and talk about it. Uh, and how, and how you can be supported. Sorry. Oh, yeah. No problem. Uh, Love NFC is the e-commerce. L-U- uh, for, for those of you who are listening on uh, Apple, Spotify, not watching, it's L-U-V. L-U-V, yeah, not L-O-V-E. L-U-V-N-F-T.com. Go on. Yeah. And, um, you know, our blockchain nonprofit is blkluv.org. Um, to learn more about our um, uh, solution for humanity to move forward as one, um, powered by love. That's the only solution. Um, and, and that's the light at the end of the tunnel from, from everything that's happening right now, is that we had to see darkness and, and see, um, you know, the game for really what it was, um, that there was no love in the game and it's all about profit. So, you know, yeah. now we can move forward and step into the light and start operating from a place of love. Yeah, F- Frederick Douglass said it. He said, uh, you know, if there is no struggle, there will be no progress. So, yes. So that's it's, uh, it's very paramount. We listen to that. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to probably bring you and your wife back on December. I'm just, it's, and I'm not Sounds asking. Good. I'm not asking. I'm not asking. I'm not, I'll, come, I'll come down to Cabo. <laughs> boom, 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 boom. Yeah. First we'll play some golf, then you'll make yeah. you come. Yeah, yeah that, that's right. <laughs> anyhow, good. anyhow, so Haas, Terry, thank you so much. And to uh, having me, David. yeah, for uh, our uh, pro- producer and our engineer Travis. Thank you so much. Thank, and, you. Thank you, Travis. And of course, pleasure. My co-host, the Robo Recruiter, Dave Hampton. Eternally grateful. And yes. to everybody out there, if you want a job in crypto or blockchain, you can find me. But remember, most of all, get whispered.